Hello and a warm welcome to all you dads of the future. Are you feeling overwhelmed? Maybe you're feeling a little bit sleep deprived. Or perhaps you're feeling a little bit more stressed than you'd like to. But don't worry, you're not alone. Becoming a new dad can feel like the world is spinning just a bit too fast. But hold on, take a deep breath, I'm here to help. Welcome to Fitness for Fatherhood, the podcast helping first-time fathers find the time to regain their health and fitness to become the superhero dad that their kids look up to. I'm Stacey Liddell, your host, a qualified personal trainer, two-time amateur physique competitor, and soon-to-be dad. I firmly believe that a healthy body and mind are the cornerstones to a fulfilling life. Get ready to gain actionable tools and strategies from the real-life examples to help you take control of your health and fitness and become the superhero dad your kids look up to. In today's episode, you'll learn practical science-backed techniques to significantly reduce stress levels. And finally, you'll learn how managing your stress isn't just good for you, but also good for your little one. Everything that I'm going to be sharing today is going to be practical in nature, so you should be able to walk away from this podcast with actionable tools. And I just want you to remember that you don't have to try everything all at once. Give something a try, experiment. If it doesn't work for you, just check it off and move on to something else. Try something different. So I'll start off with breathing. And I want to start here because I think it's often overlooked. Breathing is such an important part of what we do. We all do it subconsciously. And it is an incredibly powerful tool that can help you deal with stress. It all starts in the mind. And that's where deep breathing can make a big difference big impact. Breathing exercises, whether it's box breathing or maybe you want to try the 478 technique or perhaps belly breathing, these all work to help slow your heart rate and lower your blood pressure. This in turn will reduce your stress and it'll help you to relax. It's super simple and maybe I can explain a little bit why these techniques actually work. So if we break it down, The act of deep breathing stimulates the body's parasympathetic response. That's the part of your nervous system that helps your body rest and digest. Now, this rest and digest system also serves as the calming counterpart to your fight or flight response, which is responsible for your heightened state of stress. When you're feeling stressed out, whether it's because your little one just won't stop crying, or maybe you're struggling To figure out the dark arts of diaper changing, your body is essentially in a state of high alert. Your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure increases, and it's like a red alert situation in your body. Deep breathing helps to interrupt the cycle, promoting that rest and digest response that I spoke about. This in turn helps you to feel calmer and more composed. Another fascinating aspect of deep breathing is its impact on our brain. During stress, Our minds are often racing with thoughts, concerns, and what-ifs. Deep breathing helps clear this mental chatter, and then you can focus on your breath. That inhale and exhale will provide you with a centering effect, and it's going to allow you to be present in the moment rather than worrying about the future challenges or dwelling on your past mistakes. The great thing about these breathing techniques is that they are so easy to get started. The beauty of deep breathing is that it requires no equipment. You don't need to go to a special location. So whether you're on shit street, dealing with a diaper change disaster, or simply you're lying down next to your sleeping angel, you can engage in a bit of focused breathing. 
Last year, I had a great opportunity to speak to Dr. Ryan Fuller, a cognitive behavioral therapist who taught me the popular 478 technique. This is where you inhale for four counts, hold your breath for seven counts, and then exhale slowly for eight counts. He recommended that when you do that exhale, you purse your lips so that you really focus on slowing that breath out. You repeat this for a few cycles, and I swear to you, you're going to feel a calming effect. It's almost immediate. Your mind and your body will begin to relax. Something that I've come to realize a lot in the past few years is that life isn't about perfection and it's about progress. Dr. Fuller explained to me that it takes time and practice to master these techniques and to feel their effects. Start by taking a few moments each day to practice and gradually increase this time as you become more comfortable with the technique. Now, one thing I want to mention here as well about this kind of breathing technique, when I first tried it, I did feel a little bit weird and lightheaded and I think it's because I wasn't used to that kind of breathing. And so just be wary when you're doing this to maybe sit down or lie down in a safe space, or safe place, should I say, for the first time you do this. And as you become used to it, you might find you can do it anyway. Just something to bear in mind. Like you don't want to faint and fall over and smack your head, right? You want to take, take care of yourself while you're doing that. Another straightforward and effective tool, and this is the second bit of advice I want to give you today, is what I like to call counting to 10. So when you're faced with a stressful situation, maybe your baby won't stop crying and you can't figure out why, or perhaps you have a lack of sleep and that's starting to take its toll on you, your brain might start to feel overwhelmed by the stress. As I mentioned earlier, this is commonly referred to as the fight or flight response. As your heart rate begins to accelerate, your muscles are going to want to tense up and you may feel anxious or irritated. When you stop to count to 10, you're essentially pressing pause on this stress response. And this is going to help you in a couple of ways. Firstly, it forces you to focus on something other than the source of your stress. This can break the cycle of negative thoughts and reactions that can amplify stress. Secondly, counting to 10 provides a few crucial moments for your brain to shift gears. It's like a mini mental break. This can help reduce the immediate feelings of stress and give you a chance to regain your composure. It's like resetting your stressometer. And finally, counting to 10 gives you time to respond rather than react to the situation. It allows you to approach the challenge with a more level-headed mindset. So instead of spiraling into a frustration because the baby won't sleep, you might realize maybe it's teething pains and reach for the teething ring instead. Counting to 10 may seem like an overly simplistic idea, but trust me, it's effective. You can even take it a step further and combine it with the deep breathing techniques I spoke about earlier. The calming breaths will help amplify the stress-busting effects. So remember, when the going gets tough, just step away and take a moment. Count to 10, take a deep breath, and dive back in. You've got this. Before I dive into point number three, I want you to picture something. Your baby's been crying for what feels like an eternity. You've checked the diaper You've fed them, you've burped them, you've rocked them, you even sang to them, but still, nothing, no luck. You have a pounding headache, your patience is wearing thin, and you're on the verge of a breakdown. You feel the stress levels rising, faster than a thermometer in a sauna. Now this is where the timeout may be useful. You may be wondering why dads like you 
should try taking time out when you're faced with a situation like this. I'm sure you know that stress can cloud your judgment and affect your decision making. You're likely to become easily irritated and your capability to soothe your baby can dwindle rapidly. This is where a timeout can work wonders. By taking a short break, you can de-stress, clear your mind, and gather your strength. I can already hear the next question. But Stacy, isn't this counterintuitive? Leaving your child when they need you most? Now, some people might argue with me here, and that's cool. I don't mind a bit of pushback if it's justified. But I think that as long as your child is in a safe place, like their crib or perhaps you can hand them to your spouse for a second, taking a short moment alone by yourself can help you regain your composure. You can do something simple like a breathing exercise that I mentioned. Or maybe you can listen to some calming music. Make yourself a hot cup of tea. I don't know, whatever it is that you do to calm down, step away and do that. The point here is to get a short breather so that you can return to your child in a calmer state of mind. Now please don't misinterpret me here. I don't want you to wuss out and run away every time your child is giving you difficulties, what I'm saying is, this is something you do when you've already tried everything else. Your children, even babies, they are going to be receptive to your emotional state. If you're stressed out, they're likely going to pick up on it. And this is going to make it harder for you to get them to settle down. So if you're calm, they're going to pick up on that, and that's going to make life a lot easier for you. So in situations like this, that's why I believe that it's not just okay, but it can actually be beneficial to take a brief time out when you're feeling a bit stressed. Your baby isn't trying to give you a hard time. It's likely that they're actually having a hard time. So it's okay to step away, collect yourself, and come back prepared and equipped to handle the situation with a different mindset. I want to move on to the next bit of advice, and I think there's something we all need to be honest here. We all probably overlook this from time to time, and that's our diets. It's not just about eating enough food, it's also about eating the right food, especially when you're dealing with the intense stress of becoming a new father. Now you might be thinking, Stacy, realistically, how's a salad going to help me manage the 3am wake-up calls or the endless dirty diapers? But just hear me out. First off, Balanced meals will help you stabilize your blood sugar levels. When you're stressed, your body's releasing hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. These hormones increase your blood sugar and it's going to prepare you, yet again, for our favorite, fight or flight response. But when you're a dad, you can't exactly fight or flee every time your baby cries. Instead, maintaining stable blood sugar levels can help regulate these hormones and minimize your stress response. Consuming a variety of proteins, fiber-rich carbohydrates, and healthy fats in your diet is going to help you with that. Secondly, nutritious meals can improve brain function. As a first-time dad, your memory might feel like a sieve, and decision-making might feel like you're trying to solve a Rubik's Cube blindfolded. Omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin B, antioxidants from a variety of fruits and veggies, these all contribute to better cognitive functioning. If you feel like you're not getting enough of these vitamins and nutrients in your diet, I would recommend that you supplement with vitamins as well. I know there are a lot of people out there that are against supplementing with vitamins. The one thing that I do when I supplement is I make sure the quality of my vitamins is really, really good. Uh, Maybe this is something I can go into more detail in another episode when talking about supplementation. 
But essentially, not all forms of vitamins are created equally. So there are different kinds of magnesium, for example. And different forms of magnesium have different levels of bioavailability. So if you're taking magnesium for sleep, you might want to check that you're taking magnesium glycinate, for example, which is easier for you to digest. Just something to be aware of when talking about vitamins and supplements. All right, so let me get back to the food. So thirdly, certain foods have direct stress-relieving properties, and these are what people might refer to as comfort foods. There's actually science here, and foods rich in magnesium, like leafy greens and nuts, or foods with plenty of vitamin C, like oranges and strawberries, will help reduce cortisol. And this is our primary stress hormone. So if you take a handful of almonds and some fresh orange, these could be your secret weapons to help you fight stress. The last thing I want to touch on here is be mindful when you're sitting down to eat or preparing your meals. By doing so, you can actually make this whole process therapeutic. It can be a time to step away from your daddy duties and put a bit of focus onto yourself, even if it's just for a few minutes. Cooking can be calming and eating can also be pleasurable. And this may give you a much needed break from the hectic dad life. The next thing I want to talk about is getting enough sleep. And I know there's at least one listener saying, Stacy, getting enough sleep with a newborn. You must be taking the piss. I know some of you have the mindset that sleep and new parenthood are as compatible as oil and water. But please listen up. This is so important. I'm not only going to discuss the importance of sleep, but I'm going to share with you some clever strategies for trying to sneak in some extra sleep. I like to start things with a question. Questions are great ways to get you to think about things. The first question I want to ask is, why is sleep so important? I like to describe sleep as a magical elixir for our body and brain. It's going to help heal and restore. It prepares you for another day of diaper changes, baby burping, and peekaboo playing. A lack of sleep doesn't just make you feel like a zombie. It's going to affect your mood, cognitive function, and overall stress levels. The science tells us that insignificant sleep can lead to higher levels of cortisol in our bodies. Cortisol, as I described earlier, is our stress hormone, and it's going to cause a cascade effect. And these are not going to be nice feelings. These are unpleasant effects. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to be irritable. And this is going to cause an increase in your blood pressure. On the flip side of it, when you get enough sleep, your body can produce serotonin and dopamine. And these are our feel-good hormones. So the more sleep you get, the less stress you will experience. And we all know that a relaxed dad equals a happy baby and a happy family. Now, the golden question that a lot of people like to ask is, how can I get more sleep? Where am I going to squeeze in more sleep? I'm already so busy. And yet again, I'm going to make a caveat as I have in the past. I'm not yet a father, but I've already sort of tried to simulate these experiences in my own life for the future ahead. My baby arrives in five weeks, maybe less, if she comes early. And so I've walked through each of these steps to try and think about the future. The first thing that I would recommend you try, and I've heard this from other parents as well, is sharing the nighttime duties. 
try and alternate with your partner if this is possible. In my situation, we've spoken about this. We're not sure it's going to be 100% possible because we want to breastfeed solely if possible. And my wife is going to be responsible for the feeding at night. But I've told her I'm there to support her whenever she needs me. If she needs me to get up for the burping and the diaper changes when she needs to rest, then that's on me. So even in situations like that, there are ways to work around it. For those of you who aren't relying on breastfeeding, maybe you can do one night on, one night off. This is going to make a huge difference. You can also consider enlisting a trusted family member or perhaps a night nurse once in a while. And this is going to allow you for a good night's rest. Obviously, I I'm not sure about the country you live in, but that kind of service where I live in Korea is quite expensive and it's obviously going to be prohibitive to some. And so I do also understand that it's not going to fit into everyone's budget. Um, And that's where your family members come in. Maybe if you have a mom or a sister who's willing and able to help or an aunt or a granny, that would be great if they could help you out so that you could get some sleep. The second thing I want to mention about sleep is napping. I use napping at the moment, and that's not because I have a baby, as I said, but it's because I get up in the mornings, normally before 5 o'clock, 4.30 to 5, I'm up to do a workout, and sometimes I get home from work, and I feel a bit shattered, I have a 20, 30 minute nap, and I feel great. Try not to go longer than that. Um, I have mentioned in the past that if you get your nap time wrong, you actually wake up feeling worse, you feel more groggy, Um, but if you get the timing right, It's super effective and efficient. And trust me, you're going to be happier if you can get a little nap in. The last thing, and I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, the one easy way to increase the hygiene of your sleep is by changing the environment you sleep in. That's making the room darker, colder, colder than you think, and then avoiding light in your eyes before bedtime. So I've got a pair of of blue light glasses that I wear and they filter out the blue light. All of our computer screens and cell phone screens have got software on them to reduce blue light. On my laptop and my wife's laptop, we use a program called Flux, which tracks the rhythm of the sun depending on your location and your computer screen naturally changes and removes that blue light from your eyes. And then on my phone, I've got something called Twilight, which essentially does the same thing that Flux does for your PC. So no excuses about getting blue light. You should be able to control that and the amount of blue light that you get. And the last thing I want to touch on for the sleep environment is establishing a bedtime routine. Many people have their morning routines that they swear by, but a lot of people just kind of throw that out the window when talking about their their bedtime routine. So for example, after my wife and I have watched our series, Then I take my magnesium, we hop into bed together, I read a story to the baby, and then we shut our eyes and we're off to bed. I like to listen to calming music in my one earphone, and then I fall asleep and often the earphone just drops out of my ear in the middle of the night, and that's all good. And I can set that to a sleep timer on my earphone software, so the earphone turns off after about 15 or 20 minutes, so it's not making a racket next to me on the pillow or something like that. And here I just want to reiterate that everything in parenthood is about finding what works for you and for your family. Every baby, every parent, and every family is unique. 
But the one thing that I can promise you is universal, is that we all function better with a good night's sleep. You have to get as much sleep as you can in those early days of fatherhood. I know it's not going to be easy, but it's something to really, really focus on. Now here I'm probably going to get some big eye rolls, but that's all good. It's to be expected. I want to talk about two things that don't help with stress. And typically people reach for these things when they're feeling stressed, tired, or needing a pick-me-up. If you guessed caffeine and alcohol, or caffeine or alcohol, you'd be right on the money. And I'm going to just quickly discuss why it's not the best idea to lean too heavily on these substances if you're experiencing a lot of stress, especially dads experiencing a lot of stress. Now, I'm a caffeine lover, so this one really sort of hits home for me. And caffeine has saved me on many a sleep-deprived moment. And I'm sure many of you can relate to this feeling. A cup of coffee or perhaps something like a Red Bull or a Monster might feel like the perfect remedy when you've had a sleepless night. But there's a big problem here. And the catch is that caffeine is a stimulant. It's going to jack your heart rate up. And I know some of you have even experienced jitteriness or anxiety if you've taken too much caffeine. Overconsumption can exacerbate stress levels. It's going to also mess with the sleep quality, which I spoke about earlier. And it might even lead to dependence. And talking about dependence, I myself have to be very careful. At the end of each month, I do a seven-day caffeine detox. I don't have any caffeine whatsoever on those seven days. And leading up to those seven days, I actually have to reduce the level of coffee I drink each day because I become so dependent on caffeine that I have caffeine withdrawals. So I know all about dependence on caffeine. And I think that, let's face it, you don't want to be overly tired and overly reliant on caffeine when you're already stressed out as a new dad. Now, obviously, there are going to be some times where you just need a cup of coffee. And in those cases, the only caveat I have there is try and drink it in the morning. Try not to have any coffee after noontime because you don't want to really impact your sleep. Even if you think that caffeine is not affecting your sleep because you don't feel its impact while you sleep, it is going to do so. I mentioned in one of the other podcasts that I have a sleep tracker called a Whoop Band. And when I drink coffee later in the day, I can see the metrics of my sleep change. And yeah, it's definitely something that's happening, even if you're not aware of it. You could also maybe switch to something like green tea. Not only does green tea contain less caffeine, it's also rich in antioxidants. And it has something called theanine in it. And theanine counterbalances the caffeine effects. So it doesn't make you feel as jittery or as jacked up as coffee does. The next one, and one that I'm probably going to get the most flack for, is alcohol. And trust me, I'm the first person to admit that an ice-cold beer or a beza, as, as we call it in South Africa, or at least amongst my circle of friends, or maybe a glass of red wine, feels like the most relaxing thing you can do after a long day. But the truth is that alcohol, while it makes you feel like you're unwinding, it's a false friend. Alcohol is 100% going to interfere with your sleep. It causes 
poor sleep quality, and I've mentioned to you already, and not for the first time today, how important sleep is going to be at this point in life. Over time, if you're a heavy drinker, it's obviously going to create dependence. And with that dependence, is going to come a range of physical and mental health issues. So if you do like to have a drink, the occasional drink is okay. But if I were you, I'd avoid using alcohol as a regular stress relief tool. You could try some stress relieving exercises, maybe something like yoga or deep breathing like I mentioned earlier. Also stuff like simple walks around the block might even work. Um, If you want to know more about yoga, I'm going to speak about it a little bit later on in this episode. So remember that this whole process of fatherhood isn't a sprint, right? It's a marathon. You're going to want to be on your A game for yourself, for your wife or partner, and for your little one. So I recommend that you take a pledge to try and control your caffeine and alcohol intake. It's going to make it easier to handle the hurdles of fatherhood in a healthier and happier way. I know it's not easy Easier said than done, but it is something if you put your mind to it, you can do it. A little secret weapon that I have that I always turn to when I'm feeling stressed is exercise. And judging by the the name of the show, Fitness for Fatherhood, I guess you can tell it's a very important part of my life. For new dads, stress may arise from the fear of the unknown, the lack of sleep and the constant responsibility that has just arisen in your life. And I know that these things can really, really be overwhelming. And if we don't manage our stress, it is going to have serious health implications. And this is where I like to use exercise because for me it saves the day. Regular exercise has been proven to reduce stress and improve mental health. And you don't have to train for a marathon. You don't have to go out for 20k runs or spend three hours in the gym. You can choose light activities. Take a brisk, quick walk around the block, as I I mentioned earlier, or get yourself some kettlebells, three is enough, and do a simple home workout, it's going to make a significant difference, not only to your body, but to your mind as well. If you don't know the mechanism of action that's likely happening here, it's going to probably be the chemicals that you're releasing during exercise, your endorphins, and these are our body's natural painkillers and mood elevators. And they're going to make you feel happier, more relaxed, and less anxious. And these are just some of the reasons why I love exercise as a form of stress release. Additionally, if you exercise regularly, you're going to help your sleep because exercise regulates sleep patterns. And as I've stressed a couple of times, your sleep is going to be precious. And a good night's sleep is really going to be something that's rare. And exercise is going to help you fall asleep faster and deepen your sleep. This is going to help you with your increased mood, a better mood, and higher energy levels throughout the following day. Another thing that I think was a secondary effect for me and only realized a bit later on with training, and something my dad often spoke about with me, is the confidence boost that exercise gives you. When you master a new skill or achieve a goal in the gym, or perhaps you see a physical change in your body, you're going to have a sense of accomplishment. Don't overlook these small victories. These are great confidence boosters and a little bit of extra confidence is going to go a long way when you're figuring out how to handle your new baby. 
The last thing I want to talk about here with exercise is that it's another fantastic way to have some me time. Taking a jog around the block or going and playing sport at your local sports club or perhaps hitting the gym can all provide you with a much-needed break from the hustle and bustle of dad duties. Now, obviously, I'm not advocating for the abandonment of your dad duties, but I'm also just, I want you to keep in mind that you do need to make some time for yourself, for your own health and your own mental health. It's going to impact your family and especially your child. All right. And that leads me nicely onto the topic of me time. And from the moment that you hold your little bundle of joy in your hands, I'm pretty sure all of us know that life is going to change, right? Diaper changes, feedings, lack of sleep, worrying all the time about the well-being of the child. This is all going to become your new normal. And time, that sweet and elusive mistress, is going to become something more precious than gold. And often the pressure to be the perfect dad and the breadwinner for your family, or perhaps a shared breadwinner for your family, is going to be overwhelming. And as I've said, stress, if not managed properly, can adversely affect your mental health. And this is going to impact your relationship with your spouse and eventually your bonding time with your baby. Now you might think that taking time to yourself sounds a bit selfish. And after all, isn't this counterintuitive? Isn't fatherhood all about being with your child? But you also have to remember, you need to have a relationship with your child and your family that's sustainable, right? Think about an airplane. When the oxygen masks drop from the ceiling in an emergency, what is the instruction? The instruction is to first get the mask on yourself and then help others, right? The principle here is is the same. If you aren't taking care of yourself, you're not going to be in the best position to look after your family and your baby. Taking time for yourself is going to allow you to recharge and rejuvenate. Whether you go for a jog, you read a book, or maybe you just take a quiet moment with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, it's about reclaiming a bit of your individuality amidst the chaos of parenting. This me time helps reduce stress and it's going to improve your overall mental well-being. As I've mentioned before, you know I love the saying, a happy dad equals a happy baby. And so your state of mind directly influences the environment in your home and the bonding time you have with your child. So in essence, by taking time to care for yourself, you're indirectly taking care of your family and most importantly, you're taking care of your baby. It's a win-win for everyone, even though it might not look like that from the outside or from the onset. Also, don't forget about the role model you are becoming. Your child is absorbing more from you than you realize. It's happening all the time. They're like sponges. By practicing self-care and looking after yourself, you're teaching your child the importance of balance and emotional health. And the last bit of advice I'm going to talk about today is a group of relaxation techniques, which are yoga, meditation, and massage. And these work great for your partner during her pregnancy, and they can also work wonders for you. I know a lot of people think that meditation and yoga are a little bit woo-woo, for lack of better terms, but these techniques can be your best friend 
starting with yoga and you don't have to become a flexible human pretzel or do headstands in your living room, but there are simple yoga poses and deep breathing techniques that yogis can learn as well as some stretches and these will go a long way in helping you release tension. They can also increase your energy and give you a sense of calm. I used to do a yoga practice every Saturday morning for two hours. It also included some meditation, but it just ate into too much of my time after I started taking on uh, more work with this podcast and studying finance and things like that. So I had to cut back on that, but I still try and do it once a week on the weekend. I've just now shortened it to a 20 or 30 minute session and it's really great for a number of, of things. Sometimes I experience some discomfort in my gut and sorry if this is a bit of an overshare but it's normally because there's like wind in there and I can't sort of get it out and it starts to cause like a cramping sensation and then I do this yoga practice that's on YouTube and let's just say it relieves or releases the tension. Um, yeah, so that's something I like to do and then the next thing is meditation which is something I do on a daily basis, at least 10 minutes a day. And meditation obviously stems from ancient Buddhist practices. And this is all about quieting your mind and being in the moment, being present. And this can be particularly useful for new dads. With late night feedings or the early morning diaper changes, you can actually turn them into moments of mindfulness if you've learned how to to meditate and you can use those practices in your daily activities and not to mention the fact that it can help improve your sleep quality as well and I know I don't want to continually harp on about this but sleep is a premium luxury for new parents and the last thing before rounding up is that I should probably talk about massages and I know some people are going to say hang on I don't go to the spa I'm not a I'm not a pussy right? <laughs> but massages aren't just about fancy day spas with cucumber slices on your eyes. Um, you can just do a simple 15-minute massage, right? If your partner's willing, although I think it might be a bit too much to ask if she's deeper or further along into her pregnancy, you can even use a quick self-massage. You know, there are many of those tools nowadays that you can use on your body for a self-massage. And these can work wonders for your stress levels. It's going to help release tension, again, promote better sleep. And I certainly find that it boosts my mood if I go for a massage. And uh, funnily enough, I saw that baby massage is also becoming a thing. So it's another great activity that you and your baby can bond with once your baby arrives. And it also helps soothe the child. So... I hope that today I've provided you with a ton of actionable things to do. And if there's some of these things that you feel uneasy doing, maybe those are the ones you should actually tackle first. Because stepping outside of your comfort zone is often the best way to grow as a person. So remember, a happy dad equals a happy baby. And a happy baby equals a happy family. Alrighty, and that's a wrap for this episode of Fitness for Fatherhood. Remember, your well-being matters just as much as your little ones. So practice these techniques, keep the conversation going, and embrace the journey of fatherhood. If you found any of these tips useful, 
please share them with another dad who could use a little stress relief. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button for more tips on how to thrive in the beautiful chaos of fatherhood. Until next time, take a deep breath and remember, you've got this.